0: hello and welcome to another nine circles audio thing as always i'm your host buke and as a lifelong fan no stranger to everyone listening here but if for some reason you've lived under a rock and you're now just hearing our episode and you don't know who this gentleman is the front man the riff lord himself of crowbar down kingdom of sorrow you i could go on and on and on one of my absolute favorite men in metal and music and period mr kirk weinstein kirk how are you doing today sir
1: Good for an old man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> sir,
0: it, it it I before I hit the record button, I said it's an honor to speak to you. I have, I I am thirty nine myself. Uh, you got me beat by a couple years, but that's I'm excited to talk to you because you have a long history. History. I have seen you, my God, probably thirty times live over the years. Wow. Uh, I have a lot of things I want to pick your brain about, but I won't keep you all day because you are a busy man. So before I hit the record button here, I I was doing some browsing of the interwebs and I saw a story, a little metal trivia. Do you know that Scott Ian of Anthrax, his father-in-law was
1: Meatloaf who just passed away? Yes, I actually met. Meatloaf's daughter, who's Scott's wife, uh, on a few occasions. She's really, really nice. Lady. Yeah, I
0: I did not know that. But I know you are a fan of music, and your body is, you know, a reflection of your love of music. Were you a Meatloaf fan in your younger
1: years? Big fan. Yeah. Uh, I actually had the Bad Out of Hell I'm in the 70s. Uh, I, you know, even if my wife and I go out to a pub or something, which is not that often, but yeah. You know, if I played a jukebox, I usually play older stuff. I always throw in like two out of three ain't bad or something. You know, you got got to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan growing up. I mean, it was, he was everywhere. You know, I mean, that album is one of the best, like top 10 selling albums of all time, I believe. Yeah, it is. Uh,
0: it, it's it's still to this day. It's up there with like Thriller and Hotel California. Yeah, is, like one of the greatest
1: uh, selling albums ever. Yeah. So, I mean, really, you know, most, most of my friends growing up, you know i mean at first it was like the album cover looks happy and and then you hear you know this it's almost like a broadway musical or something yes. you know the whole yes. unraveling of the album and everything but it's a masterpiece in its own way no doubt and uh i'm just a sucker for a good pop song you know and uh, his voice was just really powerful and really really emotional and he was uh you know i've never never had the pleasure of seeing him live but from what i've read seen and heard, yeah hell of a performance yeah
0: you know. i i i was born in 83 so i don't remember it of course well but my mom told me that paradise by the dashboard light was on the radio non oh
1: yeah and mtv as well
0: <laughs> yes um, and mtv which which that was one of my first introductions to you how was i'm sure you've been asked over the years but how was it when you saw you guys on Beavis and butthead years ago
1: it was fantastic and I recorded it. We we actually sent um like a care package, so to speak, to uh to Mike Judge. Uh and we said, you know, here's a t-shirt, here's a CD, you know, here's a little promo kit and everything like that when we yeah. were out on, on pavement records, and we had just done all add I gave video and the existence is punishment videos uh, for the self-title records. So we sent it hoping you know i think we even wrote a little note or something like you know man look we know we're kind of fat and shit man just have at it you know so like my friends are like man they were rocking out but you know they were making out of being fat i'm like we are yeah you know but not that, not not anymore but yeah i, not, I, I was know, that is why
0: you you know for many years <laughs> i was always a lineman you know i all i always hated playing shirts versus skins in basketball because i was right. always a fat chubby <laughs> kid I'm t- so you were like my my metal hero it's like look it's not all tinny like skinny guys in tight jeans look at me i can be
1: this guy i can be in a metal band and you know I- uh big big <laughs> todd uh todd strange our, our original bassist who left and he joined briefly for a while he used to say that back in the old days you know he's like he goes man you know i'd like to think you know like Cause he was really big yeah, at one time, you know, he goes, I'd like to think that I'm an inspiration for all <laughs> bad kids. You know, honestly, like, well, yes. if this dude can be on fucking MTV. So can I, I don't have to look great, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, and I agree with you, Todd, to this day. So, but, uh, you know, now it's more of a health thing. I mean, I've, I've recently lost, uh, I've been working at it long and not long, but hard, but i yeah. lost about 30 pounds. And, you know, it's kind of kind of trying to get my health together as I'm yeah. almost... I'm almost 57. When you said you were born in 83, I'm like, that's a year I graduated high school. So <laughs> I definitely got you by, by a good bit.
0: You know, I, I turned 40 next year. And, and, you know, you remember when you were 18 and you were a teenager, you're like, man, 40 seems so far away Oh 50, god, yeah. or 60 now, but now when you get up there, you're like, man,
1: I'm well, crazy. yeah, I mean, i <laughs> April, I'll be 57. It's like, 60 doesn't even sound old. I mean, I got friends. I got a, a good friend that's 69 years old, retired firefighter, and you wouldn't think he's over, you know, his attitude yeah. is so good, you know, yeah. and he keeps his health up and, uh, you know, yeah. God bless him. No, no Kirk, you, I'm you have,
0: you have played over the years, thousands upon thousands of shows. Your, your whole life has been dedicated to playing music. You've, you've toured, you've uh, small venues to to big clubs. How does you for your age hold up? Because like, you know, w- when I see you or I see like, you know, the iron maiden guys or, you know, the priest guys, or like I still see like a King diamond show. I'm like, my God, right. Right. All these decades later, they're still doing it. And you're still going strong. So do you feel it when, when you come off stage now, you're like, ah, oh, maybe the back's tweaking you a little
1: bit more now, or the feet's kind of bothering you more. Oh, uh, kind of ironic. You ask it right now because, um, Last Wednesday I'm just like I can't really take the neck pain anymore. This has been going on for 15 years. Yeah. And for like 15 years I've had a weird kind of numbness in my in my hand, you know, especially yeah. my 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 picking hand, you know, and uh I've gone through like at one point in 2011 With Down, I had it, and then Kingdom of Sorrow did the Mayhem Fest in 2011. I had it really bad. So I finally said, I'm not really a go-to-the-doctor guy, and I don't have health insurance, as many of us uh, musicians don't. Yeah. But uh, So I went to a chiropractor Wednesday, and, uh, you know, they don't do MRIs, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's witch doctor shit. I'm going to tell you what, I feel a million times better. I went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, and I went this morning at 9 a.m. So the... uh, Prognosis for me is no more, no more head banging. I have a se- severe degeneration of the discs in my Jesus. neck, leading it really starts like at the three quarters up my back. Like, thank yeah. God I don't have lower back pain because of her. that's even a lot worse than neck pain. I don't know, but uh you know, the the chiropractor's been able to really give me some relief, and I play guitar for the first time for any length of time yesterday, and like. I used to have a problem cramping up and, and and just holding on to it, and I still have a bit of numbness, but uh, I was able to really chug and and, and go for it a bit. So when I had the studio here in a, uh whatever, you know, about three o'clock my time, yeah. um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of like it's getting better. I go I go again Wednesday. I go again Friday and. Uh, the the actual adjustment part of it is really is really helping out, you know.
0: You know, it's I'm I'm sure you have to see how bad chronic pain can be because I know you know your your frail Phil Anselmo, you know yeah. it's it's glorified in the press, and I feel sorry for the guy. He he makes it seem like he's been c- crippled with chronic back issues.
1: I'm sure that he was, you know. Yeah. he went he went through a really really serious, very extensive surgery, and uh, yeah. You know, to show you the kind of dedication he has, they told him it would be a year to a year and a half before he was on stage, and he was on stage in like eight months. We were in Europe, you know, doing twenty-five shows or something.
0: And and so, um, you know, and and Kirk, we're we're talking here. You know, your guy's album comes out zero and below March fourth. You have a extensive tour coming up, and I read an interview that you did years back saying that when you tour you like to get in get out so you know you're you make the money and you're you're back home do you still feel that way
1: now at the age you are sir i mean uh, I'll, I'll put it this way my wife began touring with me you know working with crowbar uh doing merchandise and tour managing in the states and in europe and everywhere else in the world she does merch. merge she began doing that in 2013 so traveling with her i'm really i hate to say i'm in no hurry to get home but you know, I'm really... And you got your best friend with you. Exactly. And I mean, you know, my daughter lives in the Baton Rouge area and she goes to LSU. She's a freshman this year. Okay. Uh, she She's almost... She'll be 19 in March. And I mean, my stepson lives with us and I love him to death, but I see him every day, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for me, really, it's like, you know, I don't care how long the tour is now yeah. because I'm, I'm not in a hurry to get home. I love what I'm doing. I love, you know, unfortunately, the COVID thing and all kind of... it puts a little damper on the whole like meeting the fans and taking the pictures kind of thing Um, and we we did uh not to get too much into the COVID shit, but we did a tour uh with municipal waste back in november and uh i've been fully vaxxed since early august and so has robin and uh, the whole band and and, uh, me and the drummer both got sick the last show day before thanksgiving and uh we thought we had the flu or something we're like oh god i just feel really weak and you know i I got a i got a fever i feel you know a little chills and shit and we really thought we're like just suck it up you know we'll get through this one show we'll be home tomorrow which is thanksgiving day and i woke up thanksgiving morning i'm like i'm fucking sick so i made it uh to my room with two bags i dropped them got under the covers and i was out like a baby and uh you know, Tommy, our, our drummer sent the next morning, sent a positive test that he had oh, so, it. So my wife Robin had some some home testing, the Bimax or whatever around yeah. here. I said, let's go for it. Sure enough, you know, I was positive. So I sent it <sighs> to him. Then our driver ended up catching it. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things, man. And, and I don't like this. Is I'll say, you know, we started feeling bad November 24th. So we probably had it a few days before that. Um, and, you know, so I really think we had the Delta variant, which is apparently was a lot stronger. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, the one, one thing I'll say about the vaccine, I mean, the first four days, I don't even remember. It's all I could do to get up to go take a piss. Really? And, water. and I, I didn't need anything. Yeah. For like four days. You know, of course I lost a sense of taste and smell. Yeah. But I just had no, I was too weak to do anything. Like the fatigue is what really got me. And my fever never got above like 100.8. So I felt like shit. I felt like shit and ran, you know, not a low fever, but not anything crazy. And like I told Robin, you know, once I started feeling better, I said, I said, babe, I feel a lot better. Although I'm far from, I said, I know I'm still, I didn't even test. I said, I know I'm still positive. And I actually went to Walgreens and had them do a test through the lab. So I'm actually a statistic now, you know, and and on, you know, in the, the books as, as a, a COVID positive uh, person. But, um, you know, I did that just to make sure really that because sometimes these home tests are not accurate. And she's like, well, you want another one? And I'm like, no, I said, I said, I feel it. This is not the flu. It's something different. Yep. I'm sick. But after like, say maybe like day five, I, I said, babe, I feel good. I said, I'll even drive. I said, let's just take a ride. The weather's nice. So I literally put on the mask, you know, cause I don't want her to get it. She was, she was after like the first night or two, she slept in here, but she slept with her head at the foot of the bed. And I'm like, yeah. she goes, you know, don't take it. Pur-. I said, babe, go on the couch, <laughs> yeah. go with the dogs and get on the couch. I don't want you to get this, you know, <laughs> even though you're fully vaccinated, I don't want witches upon you. and. uh she never did get it. Thank God. But, um, you know, so I, I'd go do a little outing with her or something and I drop her off, let her go to the grocery store. And I just listen to music. Cause you know, the weather was really nice. It wasn't too cold, you know, uh, wasn't too hot obviously, but it was, it was, it was really nice. And I'm like, I gotta get out of the house, but dude, I'd go ride around for 45 minutes and I was shot. You I'm were- like, I gotta, I gotta go lay down. You know?
0: Jesus, you know, yeah. you, and, and, and you, unfortunately today, uh, my best friend who i got to know his grandmother really well she was not vaccinated unfortunately she lost uh, her oh, life man. to covid today um, That's terrible. In, terrible in, in, in her 60s um, wow she was unfortunately she was one of those ones who they you know didn't believe in it they you know believed it was um, you know one side against the other with the vaccine and unfortunately it cost her her life but you know i happen just it's funny we're talking about this i'm wearing a deaf angel shirt right i from deaf angel i remember when COVID started they were overseas he yep. was in the icu on the ventilator in a coma for like 12 days
1: yeah, yeah. I, I read about that and i was like you know because i'm friends with chuck billy and, yeah you know and his wife and whatever uh you know i mean we play with testament not a lot, but you know, a decent amount of it. Oh, Chuck genius. was sick yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and, and yeah. Tiffany, his wife came home with it. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure in that whole entourage of, uh, I think it was Testament, Exodus, Death Angel, I'm sure between band and crew and wives or girlfriends or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, that a couple of people got it. I mean, like on our tour with Municipal Ways, I know uh, uh, Phil, the bass player, and uh, and the, uh, the tour manager, uh, merchandise guy who actually wore his mask every fucking day and never even really saw him without it and was fully vaxxed, both of them. Definitely. And uh, they 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 actually hit up Robin and said, yeah, unfortunately we came home and tested positive. Uh, well, the tour manager did, tested positive for COVID. And she, said, she said, yeah, Kirk and Tommy have it. And then we found out a few days later, actually, our, our driver for the bandwagon bus came to pick up some money after he dropped the uh, dropped it off and flew back from Indianapolis to New Orleans. And I gave him some money, and him and his his old lady went out for pizza, or whatever that night, pizza and beer. And he's like, "Man, I started eating." And I'm like, "I can't fucking taste anything. You, <laughs> you know, can't taste this, yeah." So he's like, "I went and got one of the tests, and sure enough, you know, I don't, I don't believe she ever got it, Sean. I don't think she got it." You yeah, you know, Kirk. It's a really
0: interesting thing you be be you know. As we started this this the stories here, you mentioned you know your wife coming along with you. You have you, you know in all the years and decades you've done touring and stuff like that. You know you've had days with the guys. You know backstage, drunk. You know just having fun, doing pranks and stuff. But you know, we get to an age when, you know, you find someone you like to share your, your life with and stuff. And it's like, I unfortunately went through a divorce. Now I found an amazing fiance who, you know, she's just about to graduate and be a nurse. Uh, awesome. So life, life is turning around in that aspect, but, but how, how is it now to share the road with your best friend? Cause that's, I haven't had the pleasure to talk to anybody who gets to do that. Um,
1: it's one of those things, you know, it's like, uh, a lot of couples, it it would probably be terrible. Yeah. I hate to I hate to say that. No, it,
0: it probably would because there's no yeah. separation or anything. Yes,
1: but like Robin and I are not like that. Uh, you know, and I mean, uh, it's the same thing, you know. Uh Phil and uh and with down, you know, and yeah. his wife Kate, uh, she uh, you know, she's a tour manager and she busts her ass, you know, working, uh, but they always travel together, you know, she does. Down, she does you know all of his stuff with felony illegals and everything. So, you know they they're kind of like we're they've been along together a lot longer than Robin and I, but we're kind of similar and and on the road. So is Pepper and and his his girl Jenny. Um, you know she does the merchandise for C O C, and we actually toured together C O C and Crowbar. We did two tours in the U S. and Canada, and um. You know, they, they seem to enjoy touring together. Robin and I love it. It's not for everybody, but I tell you what, you know, and then you know, and looking back on on all of my years of touring, I was either uh no suspect anybody, but I was if my girlfriend or whatever, I was either couldn't wait to leave or you know, I did miss them, you know, yeah. but uh you know, with Robin, she was like, Look, you know, I'll I'll do this and it'll be It'll be cool. So, you know, for me, like I said earlier, we we're talking, I don't, you know, if I got a six-week tour, I got a six-week tour. If I got a three-week tour, I got a three-week tour, I'm in no hurry to get home. Um, I miss everyone at home. I miss home. I miss
0: of course. city. I miss everything,
1: yeah. you know, miss my friends and all that shit. But I mean, you know, getting a jam is what I is the love is my love in life, you know. And then uh, you know, playing, playing, playing music and and playing for the fans and seeing the world, you know, that's just something that I've always wanted to do. And I've been blessed enough to do it.
0: You know, Kirk, you, you just mentioned it, you know, this is what you love to do. It truly shines through from your solo project. And we could go on and on and on. You truly love music. You love to play. It, it shines, it, it, it shines through in everything you, you do, you know, in the, the bunch of artists I've spoke during these last times, you know, a lot of them have been younger than you, but how have you personally found these these last couple of years when you've had to take a step back from the fans and playing live and stuff? Has it been hard for you, but maybe you've been able to discover some aspects of yourself or maybe things with the family that maybe you missed over the past couple of decades.
1: Um, I mean, it's been really, really hard. You know, for a while it was kind of, Eh, depressed, you know. Of course, not gonna lie. Really. You know, I kind of did one of those. A lot of people really got into shape and said, "I'm gonna use this opportunity." And I went the other way. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna, I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna get a Peloton. I'm yeah. gonna lose a bunch of weight stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I went the other direction. You know, pizza and beer, yeah. and uh, you know, just not doing a damn thing, just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And you know, finally, a sink started clearing up. You know, I so saw. I said, "Man, this is this is not good for your health." You know, so kind of you know, try to turn things around and, and, uh, it's been good. I mean, I have, you know, j- just, just having the light at the end of the tunnel, just being able to do, even though we came home positive with fucking cold, we just being able to do a two week tour and get out and go, you know, and, and do something that I'm normally doing six or seven months out yes. of the year for the past 30 yes. something years, yeah. you know, was a great, great feeling. Um, uh, so we're really looking forward to the Semperator Sacred Reich run. Exactly. Um, and you know, it looks as though everything's going to be OK. Um, you know, I mean, even just watching, I don't really watch the national news, but watching the local news, you know, I know the, the, the numbers continue to rise, but seeing as Omicron, it doesn't seem to be nearly as deadly. And, you know, and more people are getting vaccinated all the time. Um, <clears throat> you know, the severity and the deaths and stuff are just not not. Nearly as they were with the original, and then with the Delta variants. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like I think it's just, hey, man, get your fucking vaccine. Yeah. If, if you got it, stay home. You know, wear your mask, do your social distancing, keep your hands clean—the normal stuff that we started from the get-go way before there was even even a vaccine. And you know, I think that um, on the news, at least, it's kind of like like here in New Orleans. You know, you pretty much to go to a venue or something, you kind of got to have proof of vaccination. Um, I think here I mean, in Maryland, it's the same way. Now, you might be able to show a negative test from a clinic or something, but, but uh, that, I'm not I'm not even positive yeah. about that. But yeah, the a negative vaccine. You know, I mean, excuse me, the actual vaccination thing. We, we have an app on our phone that uh, we can use and you can scan it and you're in the system you know yeah like we got our we robin and i both got the pfizer shots too yeah i got, that we, got we got them at the walgreens right it's like you know two minutes from the house so we're actually in the walgreens system and you know whatever so on our la wallet app uh, there's a thing and you can just literally you hit the COVID 19 button boom there's a you can scan it oh, nice. you can run the whole system and we're in it so um you know because it, you know a lot of people in the beginning myself included we're kind of like, well, I don't know what to make of this vaccine. I think I'll wait a little while. I can't really go anywhere anyway right now. I can't go on tour, I can't leave. You know, I can go to the store and buy beer yeah. and order, order pizza to be pay it online and give the tip online and just have the guy lay it on the little bench on the porch and knock on the door, text you, your pizza's here, and he can run to his car. Yeah, he can
0: run to his and car. And
1: we, we go get it and grab it and wash our hands. You know? and I'm like, I'm like, OK, I'm not really doing anything. I might not need it yet. And as it came around, I was just like, you know what? You know, as we started to just do a few things, I said, "No, nah, it's it's time to get it." You know, um, and, and I'm glad that we did. You know, uh, at this point, I'm like, "Whatever they tell me to get, I'll fucking get." It. I got two shots a and a coffee, shit. So you know, hey, I'm just ha- happy to be here and doing exactly. the interview right now. Hey, and,
0: Kirk, 12, 12 albums deep now at zero and below. It you know, I'm sh- bands these days. You're lucky to get a couple albums now. You 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 have to feel pretty blessed. The you know, be making it here now—twelve albums deep. That's that's an, uh, an accomplishment. You should give yourself a pat on the back for, bud. I think I will. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but, you um, know, a, seriously, that is no, it, it is man. Amazing. I mean,
1: unfortunately, it, it really is. And you know, unfortunately, I mean, a lot of bands, like you said, they they they're lucky to put out a couple albums, and if they don't break, that's it. You know, I mean, you know, we came out in a time, at a time, and in an era where you know, being on independent labels. Hey, we never sold a lot of records, but little by little by little, you know, we built, we built it from the ground up the way bands used to do it years ago. I mean, years ago, not that we ever broke big and we probably never will, and that's not, that hasn't been my intent really, but you know, years ago labels gave bands, like you take like a Judas Priest, for instance, in the States at least, it took a good bit of albums before they really broke, you know, uh, but labels believed in bands and they give them a shot and, um, you know, it was OK to continue building and kind of uh, refining your sound and really finding what, what it is you want to do. And they'd let a band kind of grow and do it. And uh, I think with us, it took a few albums to really find our sound. But, uh, you know, I'm just like you said, it, it's it's quite an accomplishment. I mean, I have um, this will be 12 albums with Crowbar. I have four with Down with three full lengths and an EP. So that's 16. I have two of Kingdom of Sorrow, 17, 18, and a solo record makes 19. So it's 19 like legit products. Out,
0: exactly. Exactly. You know? and, and that's a lot of
1: fucking material. You know, it really is. Um, I mean, even even the great bands, you know, the original Van Halen have like five records, you know, or some is, you know, when they yeah, uh, Fair One and uh, uh, yeah, wait, wait one, know, two, three, four, five, six, I think. But anyway,
0: you know, Kirk, with, with, with so many albums and Spotify and streaming music and stuff being where it is how do you think people are diving into finding you? Do you, do you do you still do you hope that people obviously because you put time into it do you hope that people here on March 4th are checking out zero and below or do you think with the streaming services they're still going back to your debut albums and then getting to where we're at now because I, while I love streaming for you know opening people's eyes i think it's not real good for the discovery and showing them like you know really showing them hey look this band has new
1: material out yeah i mean i I do hope that uh you know people i mean like we're determined you know We, we believe in 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 the record uh and uh you know we believe in what we're doing uh and we believe in the label it's like you know let's just fucking um excuse the dog action I hey
0: i got i got like a, a, a bull, bull terrier in the other room going nuts too so
1: well, i got um, a <laughs> god only knows <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what would they do i got a chihuahua i got a uh mixed like 30 pound dog and then i got a 100 pound male doberman okay just... you know see kirk
0: you would strike me as a guy that who would have like a big bull mastiff to hear you have a chihuahua makes my fucking year
1: oh well i mean i'll tell you what he <laughs> Uh, maybe not now, because Ace is a full, full-size full Dover. And, and uh, I have Ruby, who is the mom of Ace's puppies. And we, so I have four puppies in the room <laughs> yeah, here. They, they make two eats today. But that's still, you know, they got another little bit before we can try to wean them off and all that stuff off her. But uh, but anyway, it's a house full of dogs right now. But, we're gonna, you know, we're getting rid of the four puppies coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Chihuahua was the first one we got. And I'm like, this is great you know uh they're great little dogs and then you know uh my stepson kind of talked me into getting a couple more and then with uh you know two more and then with with ruby the the female doberman uh friend of ours is like you know she needs a home the, the lady has got her can't keep her so she's a great dog you know anybody that might want you know might be able to give her a home there's ruby right there hey babe and um You know, I I looked at Robin, and she kind of looked, and I'm like, Babe. At this point, what's the fucking difference? Yeah, we got three dogs already, and really, Ruby is the most mellow, you know, of them all. She's really a a great dog, really, really mellow. uh, And you know, um, as Ruby,
0: do you know uh, this just solidifies every story I have heard about you before I get to talk talk to you today? Every story I've ever heard is you are the nicest, most approachable guy to talk talk to. You know, you, you, you you put off this appearance, you know, of course, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, but some people would see you, they'd be like, holy shit, I'm going nowhere near that, that big bearded man. (laughs) But, but everything I have, I have ever heard about you, sir, is you are the most, the humble, nicest gentleman to speak to. And to hear you have a love of dogs is nothing that I would expect any less of.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I have a love of animals in general, dogs. Yes. I'm mean, just more of a dog person than a cat person, but if we love all animals, you know. Yeah, you know, uh, we do.
0: It, um, Kirk, I I have to mention here. You know, growing up where you've you know born up in the New Orleans area, Louisiana and stuff. Did was it? What do you think was in the water then that there were so many bands coming out around the? the time because like i think it's criminally right now it's criminally overlooked how many music or sorry metalheads, as i do the air quotes like overlook like the great acid bath it's or right, right. or tommy's work in soil and green
1: i mean it's you know <laughs> it's it's really weird because you know uh everybody down here like the thing most people don't realize if you're not from here uh, is New Orleans geographically is a very small little community it's not even really a big city there's only like a half a million people in the city of New Orleans it's not big um, and um, you know like a roughly a million people in the in greater New Orleans area but um the music scene especially the metal the underground metal scene is such a small group of guys so everybody knows everybody you know after all these years yeah and um you know it, everybody at some point or another has jammed with everybody else, you know? So it's, it's just something where, you know, I like, I like to say, all of the bands from, from the New Orleans scene and New Orleans area, um, they all, what they do is original. None of the bands sound like each other, but they all just have something that you can't put a finger on that makes all of us you can tell we're in this thing yes. together, so to yes. speak. You know, and we came from the same, you know, cut from the same cloth, or whatever you want to say. Uh, and it's true, you know. I mean, um, I just find that that I don't know how to how to pinpoint it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of other genres, a lot of other scenes, or whatever, where you have a, a couple of bands that are kind of like the godfathers of it, and then everybody else is is more or less just emulating or kind of copying yeah. what the the big dogs have done to create this thing. And, uh, it's not like that here. You know, everybody's like, you know, you want to play fast, play fast. But when, you know, and I'm, I'm going to do what I do and, you know, I hey, God, y'all do what y'all do and go to where you do what you do down does what we do. <laughs> yep, you know? you it's like, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think the issue with acid bath was, um, I really think they would have broke big, but, uh, you know, unfortunately Audie passed away the, the basis in a car accident and, uh, you know, they, they tried some shows without him, and I guess their hearts just weren't really into it. Did you respect. know
0: Audie well? Did you have a re- relationship with him, or you just kind of knew him on the outside? No, nah, I just kind of knew him, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I ended up being being super tight with uh, with Sammy, obviously, who yeah. played on, you know, with, with me and and Crowbar for a while. And uh, so, um, you know, and but, you know, like Ben with, with Sol and Green, you know, when when, when he started with Godor, you know, uh, Ben used to be our... Back in the 90s, he was crowbars because uh, he had a van and a trailer. OK, so he, he would TM and do merch and drive. And, but we would always share driving, you know, duties yeah. uh, like I, I'd, I'd like to do the early morning shift, um, you know, like after I'd sleep off of my beer, I'm like, all right, we'd stop at a truck stop or something and take a piss and get a snack. And I'd be like, you know what? Let me brush my teeth and take a BC powder or some shit for my pounding headache and I'll take the morning shift, you know, but, um, you know, it was fun times, man, but yeah, everybody, I mean, Ben still helps us out, you know, like if we need, you know, a local gig and he's not busy, it's like, you yeah. can we can we hire you and your van and your trailer? And, you know, you know, and if he's not too busy, you know, we we do that. Um, but we're all, you know, we're all in this. Yeah, I, I was talking in an interview earlier. I'm not kidding. And I've done so many research. Of course you have. Yeah. I think it was the one I did. I did the uh, interview earlier today with, uh, rock Art Italy. And I know the lady, Barbara, um, Volpe. I know, I know the name and I know I've met her before and she said she met my wife. So, um, uh, but really nice lady. And, uh, we we're talking and I told her, I said, you know, I said, as we get older, you know, I said, one thing I really miss is, is summers in Europe doing the open air festivals. Um, I've been doing that forever, and it's like the, all the guys in my age bracket, so to speak, uh, you know, every year we run into each other and we'll be like, well, what are y'all playing next? Oh, yeah, we're on that one, too. Which, which day do you play? All right, man, we'll see you next week, you know? And now it's like, yeah, there's still some beer drinking going on and whatnot, but, you know, for the most part, it's everybody showing pictures of their kids and, you know, just talking about their family and yep. music. And it's all about, like, our big thing is to the uh, – to the melody and music of Ace of Spades by Motorhead is the aches and pains, the aches and pains. It's like, oh mate, my back is just fucking shot, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like like, when we get ready to go on stage and joke, like when Big Todd, uh, when Todd had come back for a couple of years, it's like the whole fucking bandwagon bus, or the you know the dressing room, or whatever, smells like fucking Ben Gay. It's like yes. people, are, people are rubbing down their joints and shit, putting on knee braces. It's like a bunch of old dudes trying to go play. Everyone
0: trying to make some extra room in a corner so you guys can put your walkers
1: there and stuff. Exactly. almost, <laughs> man. It, you know, but it's uh, you know, it's a love of it, man. It's an undying and always growing love of, of music. And just being creative, you know, and, and that 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 keeps.
0: Us Kirk, going when you look what Carrie and you know uh, the rest of them did in Slayer, you know Jeff in and stuff. Do, do you think they did it the proper way? To say, "Hey, did I do a couple tours and say this is it and Slayer's done?" Um, because I you know, they- I know, I know you are a loyal fan of of Kiss through and through. And some people say Kiss should have hung it up years ago. So that's like the two ends of the spectrum.
1: Well, I'll say this. I I really believe Slayer uh, probably stopped at their arguably uh, the peak of their career, Um, you know, generations and generations they've been around for a long time, but generations upon generations of people, you know, some of them really young kids who, you know, um, you know, their first introduction in a sleigh really yeah. recently and getting into it. And uh I think they did it, I think they stopped at the right time. Um, and you know, I would expect, I mean, I don't know the guys well, you know. I mean, I know them if I see him. Hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if Carrie King didn't do something else. Um, I don't know if Tom's really still in into it quite as much. I don't know just from you know. Things I read. I mean, yeah. times I met him, he was a great guy. I mean, they're all super cool guys. Uh, but um, you know, with Kiss, my thing is, I get it, but I don't get it. And and, and it's like, I get it. You know, they celebrating the legacy of Kiss. The thing that pisses me off is, I, Ace is my favorite member. And you know, I, I'm I'm. Although, look, I owned every damn record, including that Polish shit. Uh, hot in the shade. Sorry, guys, but that was not a good
0: hey, every band. Like, you look at what Celtic Frost did with their cold lake. Lake, every, yeah, every band is allowed a stinker,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, some Kiss fans love that, but I mean, I saw them probably 15 times with no makeup, and it was a great band. I just didn't think of it as Kiss so, so, so much, but I mean, I love a lot of those, the, the, the non makeup, you know, records with Bruce Kulick and uh, and um. Uh, Eric, uh Eric, a little bit. Yeah. uh, Eric, uh, Eric singer, when he came in, you know, brilliant, brilliant musicians. I mean, Bruce is a great guitar player and, and Eric singer is an amazing drummer, but, uh, you know, I, I, loved it. I enjoyed it. And then, you know, but when they did the reunion thing and I get it, but it's like, look, and I love Peter Chris, God bless him to death, but I know he's older than the other guys and I know they claim he can't really play the drums. I kind of get it, but I'm sorry. I, I go see Ace every chance I get and you ain't telling me he still can't play the fucking guitar. Cause if you do Gene and Paul, as much as I love you, you're not telling the truth. Uh, and it's the truth. You know, he really seems like he's really got it together now. And uh, you know, I hope that I hope to God that at, at the end of this end of the world tour, which, you know, unfortunately for all the kids fans, like I saw them with this lineup and it kicked ass. It did. They played mm. at Waldenberg park here by the river in New Orleans a free concert, and this is a while back, but um, but it, it was a great, great show, you know.
0: Why, why yeah. Ace? Why'd you, why did young Kirk gravitate towards Ace?
1: Well, uh, at fir- first, I um, had immediate like inspection of the band. I thought Gene, you know, I was a big Gene fan, yeah. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want to learn how to play bass, and uh, he's like, Well, why don't you play guitar? And he goes, If you play guitar, you can probably play some bass as well. And uh, he goes, how about we get you an acoustic guitar and see how you, you know, see if you're going to stick with this. So once I became a guitar player, I quit really focusing on Gene and started really focusing on Ace. And uh, to me, you know, uh, he just brought that even more so than Peter. He brought that uh, like, uh, you know, the real rock and roll rebel uh, party guy at atmosphere type guy <laughs> to the band that I think they needed. Believe it or not, even though, you know, that, they claim to have had a lot of, you know, terrible issues. I mean, I've read books by all of the guys, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'll be a lifelong Kiss fan. I'm still a fan. I mean, if, if I, uh, you know, I did pass up an opportunity recently to go see them for free, actually, which uh, now I wish I would have, the new lineup. But, um, you know, I saw the lineup, lineup, and even in the words of Ace Freely, he goes, man, I have nothing against Tommy Thayer at all. He goes, if it wasn't him, it'd be somebody else. So why should I hold it against this one guy, you know? Yeah. He said, I, don't, I don't like it so much when he's really pushing the spaceman thing, but Hey, that's who he's trying to emulate. Is
0: You know, in the business world, I know, you know, you play music to love it, but obviously you do have bills and stuff to pay. I've always wondered from an artist standpoint, can you knock what the kiss guys do for merchandise and stuff? Like you don't no, know no. exactly. I have never understood people giving them hell because hey, if there's a market for it, sell it. Sell it. Like, and I look Guar is doing the same thing now. Obviously, Guar is right. a lot smarter than Kisses, but hey, if there's a fucking mark, if somebody wants to buy a, like right now, there's an odorous, like stuffed animal. If
1: somebody wants to buy an odorous stuffed animal and they're willing, sell it. Let it, right? I mean, any, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'll tell you what, they brought, like, reading a lot of the books, some of them are authorized, some of them aren't, but reading the autobiographies and all, and I don't know if it was in Paul's, it might have been in Paul's book, which, even though Ace is my favorite member, I actually enjoyed Paul's book the most. I think it was the most revealing about his life, and it was really written, you know, well, I actually enjoyed his book even better than Ace's, but, um, uh, you know, um, I think that the management, you know, both Bill O'Coin and, and Sean Delaney, you know, they... They came up with the, the brilliant idea of, of the merchandising. And without that, you know, I mean, they were the first band. I mean, yeah, in the 70s, you could you could go to a Led Zeppelin concert and buy a T-shirt that said Led Zeppelin 1975 tour, and that was it. But Kiss were like, you know, I think Bill O'Connor was like, look, guys, we're, we figured out how we're really going to make our money. And we're going to merchandise. We're going to brand this, and we're going to merchandise this. I mean, my only... I would say the only thing that upsets me the littlest bit, and I do get it. I mean, if I was in Gene and Paul's um, shoes or boots, um, you know, these days I would probably be be saying and doing the same thing. But is that when we were, you know, when I was young? I mean, uh, I was ten years old when Kiss Alive came out, and I discovered them probably in early '76, shortly after before Destroyer came out, but. Actually, my friend Kevin uh, had lent me the Kiss Alive record. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get it. But then I went, I started hearing Beth on the radio, which, of course, was a big hit, even though it wasn't heavy. And uh, I went to a Barker's department store, and my first record was like Destroyer pretty much right when it came out. And then I remember I used to get $5 a week allowance. This is the truth. And I've told my sister many times that she gets a kick out of it. I get $5 a week allowance. And that means... Cutting, you know, this is when I was eleven. Not maybe not cutting the grass at that age, but you know, bring out the garbage, help with the dishes, blah blah yep. blah blah. Clean my room, all this shit. You know, just trying to teach me a little bit and uh and to go. To, I would ride my bicycle to Barker's department store, about eh, seven eight blocks away. And I believe Robin Robin calls me the number Nazi, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm not the best at math, but I remember like <laughs> the exact time I look at clocks. I got and you. Shit like yep, that. I'm the same way. Yep. And I think it was four dollars and. Fifty three cents with tax for a full length al- album. Well, Kiss Alive one was a double album, and I think it was like, you know, six ninety nine instead of you know four oh five or whatever the hell it might have been. You know, four oh nine a, a, a fucking album, and I'm like, oh my god, I only got five dollars on it. So <laughs> I got him a bicycle. I literally took the one copy they had. And I hit it, hit it the so kids no one music. could grab it. <laughs> yeah, like in a Peter Pan. I'm not yes. sweating or something like in the back, like middle of the like the, the Peter Pan fucking <laughs> section. I pushed it back. I hauled ass on my bicycle. Yeah, you
0: just hoped that no kid was doing the same thing on his bike, but going for Peter Pan. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <And then laughs> he would well, have found, him. yeah, it the whole <laughs> thing up. But I literally went home and thank God, I hate this. This that's kind of an oxymoron in this situation, but uh, my sister was not home. So I was able to rob her pig bank. Yes. Uh, she's three years younger <laughs> than me. So she was young. So I just grabbed all the quarters I could and held them in my hand and drove the fucking bike. I had money in one hand, drove the bicycle with my left hand, got out. Thank God. Kiss alive was still there. Went up and got it. And I'm counting out my change and all that shit. And from that day on, well, for 76, 77, 78, my whole life was kiss, you know, like 11, 12, 13 years of age. Uh, but you know, I, the the one thing like I started to say that it bothers me a little bit is, and I know these guys know it. You know, when we were kids, it wasn't it was Ace, Gene, Peter, and Paul. It was not the Spaceman, the demon, the star child, and the cat man. It was not. Uh, it was Ace, Jean, Peter, and Paul. They were real people. This guy's name was Ace Frehley. This guy's name was Gene, So you know, whatever, and. You know, as a lifelong diehard, and believe me, you know I, I still support. Although I, I don't, I try not to buy merchandise that doesn't include Ace and Peter. Uh, not that I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't get any any money for it. But they, but look, you know what? From what I've read, they sold their, you know, their uh, the copyright or whatever to the makeup that they created yeah. to the Kiss company. You know, with Gene and Paul and whatnot. So I mean, in that sense, you know, that that's on them and. No disrespect, but I get it, you know. Uh, but you know, I just can't get ex- thrilled about the spaceman, you know. And it's not Ace, it's and it's not the spaceman anyway. It's Ace fucking freely, you know. Yeah. But you know, but and you know, enough about it. But you know, I, I still love them. I love everything they've done. And you know what? Hey guys, if, you know, if people are laughing at you. Do it, do it. The old saying: laugh all the way to the bank. Exactly. Oh, they're doing that. And look, I love. In that uh, Metallica, a year and a half in the life of Metallica, which I had on VHS, actually, which you the making of a Black Album and it had a bunch of other stuff and it was a two-part thing. And um, uh, they were interviewing Jason Newstead. It was a day off and they had a basketball game at the arena that uh, Metallica would play in the next night. And Jason Newstead, you know, they got the guy with the little handheld cam or something. And he's like, yeah, you know, people say we sold out." He goes, you're damn right we sold out. We sell out every night. (laughs) <laughs> every show we play, every fucking seat So yep, out. Yep. Hey, exactly, man. You know, I mean, I'm not in. You know, I'm not a per. A, my personality is not one uh, like Gene. I'm probably opposite. Uh, other than the love of his fans, and I truly do believe that he that he genuinely loves his fans. But uh, you know, he wanted to get in this thing to get rich and be a rock star. And I'm the exact opposite. But at the same time, you know, a lot of his lost cuts and. And deep cuts and stuff that he's written. I mean, he's a great fucking songwriter. He really is. You know, is
0: is Kiss alive? If if somebody put you on the spot and said you have one opportunity to make someone a Kiss fan, what album do you start them on?
1: Probably Alive because it's got the first three albums. See, I mean, believe it or not. Well, it's it's kind of easy to believe, but Hotter Than Hell is actually my favorite Kiss record. Really, even though even though the product, not I mean, I'm not including a live one, and I did love a live two, of course. But, um, although I think that to turn somebody on to just kiss as a rock and roll band, it's really difficult because the majority of the songs on on the debut album were really on alive, you know, but so were a lot of hotter than hell. It's just songs on hotter than hell, like speaking of Gene and was something that's somewhat of a deep cut, um, you know, something they never regularly played live or anything. Uh, a song like Gone Blind is one of my favorite Kiss songs. But I mean, this, like the this stuff Ace Road, you know, like Strange Ways and, and uh, Parasite and, and even songs like Watching You and shit like that. It's some of the heavier, you know, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, some of Ace's best guitar work to me. Um, you know, that album, even though the production is muddy, it's almost a cool, muddy, like a Sabbath type thing. Like it, it sounds like their darkest, heaviest record. The album cover looks heavy, but uh, as I got a little, you know, getting a little older, a little more into after Kiss really broke as, into a big band, uh, my I would say my second favorite album, and this is a close second, and that this, of course, is a, excluding Alive, um, would be Rock and Roll Over. I just think it's a, a great record, and I, I love Love Gun as well i mean i could do without christine 16 you know I'll, I'll give it i'll be honest uh but you know other than that it's, it's a really really solid record but i mean i you know i i like i say i continued and to to enjoy the music kiss made uh even after ace left and you know i mean more power to them doing what they're doing you know uh you know, staying in shape, staying healthy enough at their age to be able to do this you know, thing is, is a great
0: what, um, accomplishment. What do you think it was about Ace that you gravitated towards? You know, not just because we've been talking about him. Why was it Ace over like the Tony Iommi or the other famous guitarists? Or was it just the whole presentation?
1: I think I mean, it started out as the image. I'm not going to lie. Of course, 10, 10 years old, 11 years old. It started out as just staring at the album cover, you know, listening on the headphones I mean, yeah. right now with the thing cranked, you know, my album's cranked up. It did. And then as I got older and I became a, you know, more uh, proficient guitarist or whatever, yeah. not that I'm some shredder guy, which <laughs> I'm far from it. Yeah. But, you know, as I started to just get more, and, you know, I realized how great of a guitar player Ace really is. And, uh, I mean, of course I love Iomi. I love Jimmy Page. Yeah. I mean, I love, you know, I love Page all around. It's one of my favorites because of, Not just the songwriting, not so much even the guitar playing, but the songwriting and and the production. I mean, he produced all the records, you know, and and he was ahead of his time with a lot of that stuff uh, back in the day. I mean, they they still have, you know, Bonham's drum tone. The sound is still is still crushing, but um, I don't know. It was just it started out as an image and then. You know, and I say that to people that, that, that are KISS kiss haters. I'm like, dude, you don't sell, you know, 80, 100 million records, whatever the fuck. Buy exactly. That. You're still not on tour selling out arenas, um, you know, yeah. because, because you wear some uh, crazy gimmick yep. get off. The gimmick doesn't last damn near 50 years. You know, it doesn't. It wears off in two or three. So if it were a gimmick. What a great point. And it's true, you know, it's, yep. it's the same could be said for like a Slipknot or something. Okay, these guys wear masks. Yeah, they also put out killer records, <laughs> yeah. killer music, you know. It's like it, it would have been one or two records and forgotten, you know. They wouldn't still be playing fucking arenas.
0: Hey, Kirk, two more things and I'll let you go. You you know, you have all these band tattoos covering you. And yes. I noticed you, you saved your hand for the typo logo, which I love. And that is wicked. What a cool spot. I, I read something earlier years back about you have you know really look look at or a fan of Pete Steele. What is it about exactly. him that drew you to? Was it his sound, his everything, the image, the um, tones?
1: The to I mean, and what, one thing, uh, it's impossible to not look up to Peter Steele. So, yes, yes. When, no, when a he giant. was Brown, che- cheesy, cheesy as it is, but, <laughs> uh, it just it hit me with. I mean, I have the carnivore. T- well or here.
0: if or if you're a lady or you're in the guys when you would pose for playgirl maybe you did look down
1: well true <laughs> <laughs> and i'm I, I saw it not that i was really interested <laughs> but um you know it, it is what it is but yeah but no I, I just i mean when i first heard uh actually had the first carnival record uh which i loved it 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 was more of a metal album but when retaliation came out i mean the tone of his bass just is just you know like he was a, a really intelligent man and um you know the slow deep and hard record is one of my is my favorite typo although i love them all and um you know it was just there's just something about him his writing his style uh and it, that just clicked with me and um you know, to this day, he's he's one of my biggest influences for with Crowbar, not with Down, obviously. It's yeah. a completely different, but you know, I mean, uh when of course we don't sound anything like Typo, but I he was such a big influence, just the sound of the band, you know, all the guys really, just sonically, it, it was it was super heavy and then
0: uh, what a fucking way to open the album. Now unsuccessfully coping.
1: Oh right, God, what a way to fucking
0: go, man yeah you know we we talk about losing people one of the ones who expected you know to pass away you're like what to lose pete what where'd this come yeah man
1: i woke up in germany this very very weird you know it's seven hours ahead of uh well six hours ahead of eastern time in germany and um it was my birthday the night before and uh Sepultura invited me up on stage to do they do a cover of Motorhead's Orgasmatron and it's a badass cover so we set up me yeah, a half stack on the side and Andrea showed me a song and um, you know I got up and jammed it with him and I think I uh, pretty much nailed it so I go to sleep and I really didn't even though it's my birthday it's, you know I didn't drink much or anything and I woke up and one of the guys is like man Pete, Pete Steele passed away and I'm like what and then come to find out it was really on April 14th, which is my birthday, which is crazy ironic or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like, you know, my biggest uh, influence for crowbar. uh, And one of my biggest just uh, influences uh, as a songwriter, musician, lyricist, whatever I've ever uh, come across is Peter Steele and for him to pass away. So it's like, every time I have a birthday, I get the awful reminder that this is an anniversary of Peter's death. And uh, you know, it was, it was just very weird. went from this really big high of, you know, having a great birthday and getting up in general, the Sepultura guys playing a Motorhead song to waking up kind of half conscious and, you know, at the venue and, and Peter passed away. And then I'm emailing people and, you know, Jamie Johnston and guys that really knew him. And, and um, you know, it's like, uh, they're like, yeah. And, and then when I see online that the date was April 14th, 2010, I'm like, wow it's kind of eerie to me did the
0: did the same thing did you ever have a relationship with eric wagner of trouble yeah i mean we 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 toured together uh because you know we last him last year god we've lost a
1: lot of big names the past couple years absolutely yeah i'm an absolute trouble fanatic um and uh yeah eric was a great guy i love the skull as well and uh
0: oh the skull was great
1: oh yeah so uh you know sad sad thing That sad
0: stuff yep Kirk, la- last thing I, I have to ask you, you know, when, when I use the Slayer thing as a reference earlier, when 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 for you would would be the time that you've because I love again we're talking of on zero and below about to come out you know March fourth via MNRK Heavy, w- when would it be time for you? When do you realize that? this is it. Or do you think that time will never happen to you because music is so ingrained in you and just playing
1: like to quote Lemmy. Uh, and I know he really had it rough the last year or two, but you know, as much as I've done a lot of partying, I didn't quite come close to, to, to you know, the great Lemmy, but um, you know, he, he in an interview was kind of like, you know, somebody said something about retirement. He goes, retirement. Nah, I've seen it. It's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so retirement, there is no retirement plan, but of course, I'm, I I want to live as long as I can and do it as long as I can. It's just the more and more, the older I get, the more guys that play in bands I see are kind of turning their life around into, a you know, really watching their health and taking care of themselves better. And I'm really giving it 200 percent to do that. Uh, but, you know, you got guys like Sammy Hagar that are, that are 74 years old and still belting it out. You know, I mean, there's hope. You know, I'm I'm you look at Bruce 57. Dickinson and the guys. They, yeah. they
0: they still almost play for three hours a damn night and they look like they don't slow down a
1: bit. No, it's crazy. <laughs> but you know, they take care of themselves. I mean, they have a couple of pints of beer, but not like the old age. You know, and that that's the key to it, man. You know, to
0: Kirk, you yourself. you you may have been asked this. If you could go back and tell yourself 30 years ago something, what would it be? Something you've you've learned.
1: Um I don't know, because I've learned so many things in the last 30 years. Uh, I'm one of those, uh, you know, not to steal a title of Aces books, uh, book on no regrets, but I'm not going to say I don't have regrets, but I wouldn't be who I am and where I am today if it weren't for the mistakes that i made. So I kind of think that. That's what was in the cards for me to make those mistakes to get to where I am today.
0: I, I tell you, I saw you make a big mistake on stage when I saw you with down in D.C. You fell over your feet or your cord and you busted your ass.
1: Yeah. Well, that, pop- that was not a, a drunk thing either. <laughs> that yeah. A, that was a straight up. Actually, yeah. I was wireless. But I tri- I didn't know Phil had the monitors right then. I turned and he even told me, he's like, dude, I was pretty heavy at the time. He goes, I just <laughs> heard this big boom. And uh, this is before he had the in-ears. That's why he had the monitors there. And I got up, and I, I switched out guitars real quick, and I kept playing. And he's like, dude, are you all right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I felt the whole damn stage. <laughs> you, I Thinking. remember.
0: He goes, man, that fat ass just busted his ass. You went down fucking hard.
1: <laughs> and I don't know how, man. I landed on my hands. And I'm like, they, yeah, they're, they're OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it happens again. That's actually the only time I've taken a spill that bad but uh you know it happens.
0: Yeah. Know, well okay. some- Kirk, I, I I tell you what brother, you you I appreciate and I love how you know your work with Jamie. I love how you got to embrace your your solo stuff. I loved your work with with Down. This interview lived up to everything I have ever heard about you again. I hear how humble you are, how nice and approachable you are. I could talk to you for hours upon hours, but I'm going to let you enjoy time with her wife and she sounds like an absolute pleasure you, you have you're a uh, lucky man from the stories you shared about her sir
1: absolutely uh, thank you oh,
0: kirk funny. i i wish you continued success uh best of luck on this tour best of luck with the album release and uh, you know you have your support here at nine circles for as long as i'm doing my thing and i'll support you for years personally and can tell everybody about you this is this is truly a a childhood dream come true of mine
1: well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure bro hey,
0: kirk i have to ask last thing did did you and dime agree on ace being your favorites i can't remember if dime if ace was 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 dime's
1: favorite i mean he was and then again it's like well of course edward van halen that's the thing like michael Shaker is my favorite technical guitar player yes. and, and as well as edward van halen you know but Of course, Ace is not as good as them, but without Ace, I wouldn't have picked up the guitar. And I think Dime might have felt the same. That was the initial thing that got us, okay, I'm going to play the fucking guitar. (laughs) You know, know, but.
0: Kirk, it is, uh, again, it's an honor to speak to you, sir. Please continue to be safe on the road. Best of luck during this tour. I've I've loved everything you've done. You are a giant in the business, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. Thank you, brother, and have a good evening, man, and thank you so much for your time. I certainly will.